0: Okay, that's it. We're good. We're live. Yes. Yes. JP Richards, CEO, founder, Exodus, a crypto wallet. And today I'm really excited to have JP here because, um, you know, we've all heard about cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, and a lot of times you're not really sure what, what is it is there. If I want to invest, if I want to trade it, if I if I want to do something with it, what, what cryptos should I look at? What digital assets? So I thought, who better than JP who founded a crypto wallet and what's interesting in Nebraska, not Silicon Valley. So this guy is a little different. And let me hand it over to you. Maybe JP, you could tell about your company, what you do and all the things people like crypto curious about. Could find out and learn about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Jack, thanks for having me on. And just for the, your listeners, a lot of uh, it's JP Richardson. Um, uh, yeah. uh, so I, I, the people can think like the, the big bopper, right? But uh, JP yeah. Richardson. Um, but yes, I am the, the, the CEO and co founder of Exodus. And so we started Exodus in, in 2015 and here in Nebraska, right? And people don't think of, as you mentioned, people don't think of building a, a cryptocurrency company in nebraska and people will ask me today jp you know the, the cryptocurrency everybody's moving to miami why aren't you in miami and and you know i'm personally thinking about maybe moving to miami at some <laughs> point in time but i'm born and raised in nebraska and Exodus was built with with the intention of helping people manage a portfolio of cryptocurrency so if you roll back to 2014 2015 There were a lot of hacks that were happening on these centralized exchanges, these custodial exchanges. So um, Mt. Gox is the one that people probably remember most about this time. And so at that moment in time, roughly $500 million of Bitcoin was stolen from Mt. Gox, stolen from the customers of Mt. Gox. And so what this meant is that, If in this moment of time, you wanted to hold a portfolio of cryptocurrencies, and there were um, uh, not as much as there are today, but say it was Bitcoin, Litecoin, Dash, Dogecoin, those sorts of cryptocurrencies, you would have to have an account on an exchange. And so what that would mean is, is that your money was at risk from an exchange hack. From an exchange going down, or for whatever reason, your money was at risk because wait,
0: wait, wait, I don't mean to interrupt you. We said an exchange. Is that more of a trading platform when, when you use the term exchange?
1: Uh, yes, a trading okay. platform that has custody of your assets. And, and we'll talk about custody, I'm sure, later in this conversation, because Exodus is a self custodial wallet. And I think for uh, the viewers here, it'll be really important for them to understand the difference between custody on an exchange versus self-custody in in your own wallet. And so, yes, these people, they would have accounts on these exchanges. and, and And there was a big risk there. So Exus was built to solve this problem. We asked ourselves, what if we could build one software interface, one application, that people could manage a portfolio of cryptocurrencies and not have that risk by putting their money on an exchange. And that this would allow people to to also swap from one crypto to another. And we'll talk about that later in this conversation. But what's happened though, is a lot of people use Exodus. 2.5 million people trust Exodus to keep their cryptocurrency safe and, and secure in the software
0: we say keep it safe and secure so and by the way i think jp richards is better so i think you have to change your name it's like shorter punchier it sounds like a really better like a good crypto name right like just really nice and tight so i just, just, just throw it out there
1: but i'll consider so
0: it. so what happens with the crypto wallet is that you let's say i want to i have crypto i would transfer i would put it into like i guess like a brokerage account like if i would do it to a brokerage account so i'll send it to exodus and you could put it in a safe secure wallet but different as opposed to where it was maybe 10 years ago where you'd have all these like codes and everything you have to do that's very complicated now it's more seamless is that sort of right it's it crypto yes cryptocurrency
1: has gotten definitely more seamless than what it has in yeah. the past but there is so much more that can be done especially in the world of of self custodial wallets and, and just to kind of give a, a, a flavor of what that might mean, um, if a person downloads access to their phone, they look at their phone um, or any self-custodial wallet, one of the, the consistent characteristics of self-custodial wallets is that you're presented with this option to uh, back up what's called a 12-word secret phrase, right? And so then you as a, as a mainstream consumer, you have to grab a pen and a paper and you look at your wallet and you're writing down these words on on a piece of paper and you go put it in a safe deposit box. Now, the benefit of that 12-word phrase is it allows you to, if you decide, you're like, you know what? I don't like these Exodus guys. I don't like that JP Richardson should really be named JP Richards. I need (laughs) to get my money out of Exodus and I need to go to a different wallet. So you can take that 12 word secret phrase and you can go to any other custodial wallet but the reality is is that to mandate that customers do that it's not user-friendly at all and so we have to solve those problems we have to build solutions so that you can download access you don't have to think about writing down a 12 word secret phrase and if you lose your phone no big deal you can easily restore your phone, but that's this is an area that needs to be made more seamless across the entire industry.
0: And when you say custodial, just so we understand it, what what is that really? What's the difference between non-custodial and custodial?
1: Yeah, so I think the the easiest analogy is to think of like when people think of of custodial, just think of like custody. Okay. Okay. If you have custody of your kids, right? They are with you. They are with you in that moment. You have your kids with you, right? Your most important people in your life. You've got your kids, right? And so in a self-custodial wallet, the most important thing that is analogous to your kids is your keys. You may have heard the phrase, not your keys, not your crypto. And so in the world of, of self-custody, it means you have possession of your keys in like the Exus wallet Exodus the company does not have your keys so you know again back to custody of kids right when you drop your kids off of the daycare or something like that you're you're giving custody of your kids over to the people at daycare and they're watching your kids so in exchange then that the exchange has custody of your crypto of your keys and so the implications of that are is that it like i said if an exchange gets hacked you you risk losing all of your money if the exchange decides um you know they don't they don't like that you have donated to the <coughs> canadian trucker campaign or whatever the exchange can say you know we're gonna we're gonna freeze your account or we're gonna do anything you know we're gonna make sure that you don't have, have access uh, to to those funds or if they just have technical problems and this happens right if they have an outage and you're in the, say the market's hot maybe Maybe Dogecoin's pumping because Elon Musk says that, you know, we're going to use Doge as universal currency on Twitter, okay? And so Doge is pumping, and you want to either buy or sell Doge on an exchange. If the exchange goes down, you may not be able to do that because they have custody of, of your account and your and your crypto.
0: It, it, so it's like you have it in a vault that's safe and secure. You know, you go to those old-fashioned banks, and they have those big metal, you know, doors, and they're locked, so you can feel feel safe. Now, once it's there, now do you can you trade or do you? How does it work if somebody's on your platform? Can you buy Bitcoin, sell Bitcoin, buy Ethereum? How how does that play out?
1: Yeah, so I I, I like the vault analogy. You you can think of Exodus is a vault on your phone that is only for you and only you have the the password and the code to right. Um, so, so yes, once you download Exodus, and, and let's say if you do not have any cryptocurrency, we have partnered with a company called Ramp that allows you to buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies with a credit card or Apple page, depending upon which region you're at, or even with your bank account. And then you can, you can buy the cryptocurrency using our, 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 our friend's service over at Ramp. And it moves it seamlessly into Exodus. And so there's no complicated, you know, typing in the address or anything like that. You just sign up for RAMP and you just do it all within or with, with using RAMP and Exodus. So then you have your cryptocurrency inside of Exodus. So now, yeah, go ahead.
0: So, so let's say I go on Exodus and I take a look and you'd have about how many different cryptocurrencies do you offer? Today it's, left it's left.
1: well. Today it's well over one hundred fifty. Wow. Uh, but we keep adding more, more every other week.
0: So I could choose between one hundred and fifty cryptocurrencies to say I want to buy, you know, Dogecoin. I want to buy, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever the case may be. And
1: Not, so with, with with our providers, uh, Ramp. They yeah. they support. I think it might be roughly fifteen to twenty okay. cryptocurrencies. But once you have, let's say, let's say you buy Bitcoin through Ramp, okay? Then once you're in Exodus and you have that Bitcoin inside of Exodus, and you decide again, you know, Elon Musk is, is pumping Doge because you know it's going to be the next currency of Twitter, and you decide, well, I want, I want Doge. So what you can do inside of Exodus, we've we've teamed up with another uh, a number of API providers that power a service to allow people to swap from one crypto asset to another crypto asset. And so you can take that Bitcoin or a little bit of the Bitcoin, and then you can go swap to Doge or swap to whatever cryptocurrency that you want. And most of them are are, are swappable on the platform.
0: And we say swappable. Is it when you swap it? Is it just like a one for one? Or that's you're kind of trading in a way? Hopefully that maybe you feel Bitcoin is going down, but Doge is going up. So I I feel this is going to be better upside with Doge. So I'm going to kind of, you know, swap out my Bitcoin because maybe for whatever reason, maybe you feel it just plateaued for right here, right now. But Dogecoin is going to be, as you said, uh, Musk may say, hey, that's going to be the currency. Oh, sure. I'll do that. Or Maybe it's like, uh, what is mana and some from uh, Decentraland or there might mm-hmm. be something else where you may say, huh, I see a lot of action there. Maybe I can, it's, you know, trading relatively cheaply. Let me swap over. Is that?
1: that, that that's exactly right. Yeah, mana is, is, is a great example, right? You notice that in the metaverse, uh, Decentraland is one of those metaverse platforms. You notice that mana is, is a hot, you think it's going to be a hot asset. So you decide that, that you're going to buy it. Or, or you're going to swap it from, for Bitcoin to mana. Um, or maybe you need to use that mana uh, as, as a currency in the world of Decentraland because so you want to get utility from that mana. Everybody's going to have different reasons, but you, you, you hit the nail on the head in saying that you can swap from one cryptocurrency to another one easily within the platform.
0: Now, this might be a really dumb question, but I, I'm i just not sure if I kind of understand this. So when I hear uh, there's so many of these cryptocurrencies exchanges now, and when they talk about trading, whatever digital assets we want to talk about. Now, how, is it trading? Like you mentioned that you're swapping one for the other, or are you trying to arbitrage? Okay, you know, Bitcoin is trading at, I'll just make up a number, 40,000 here on X exchange but it's at 39,000 or 38 on this exchange or 52 on this exchange. How does this, like, what goes on with the trading? How, how what's that? How, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So, so people are not using Exodus typically for arbitrage. Typically a person would use Exodus because of the convenience. It's all in one unified interface, one wallet. So in other words, let's say that um, say I, I did have an exchange account and um, let's say that uh, I have I have Dogecoin, and for some reason I'm not I'm not excited about Dogecoin anymore, yeah. but I'm really excited about mana. On most exchanges, what you would have to do is you would have to, there's no market for Doge to mana. The, that market doesn't exist. So you would have to go from Doge to maybe Bitcoin and then Bitcoin to mana. And and so that that complexity of doing that, especially in the sophisticated trading interfaces where you see all the the candlesticks and the charts, and you got to do limit orders or market orders and figure that out, the mainstream consumer does not want to think about that. Yeah,
0: well, help me out with that. So, so let's say it's you know, uh, what, should we name Coinbase or just uh, Kernel Base, whatever? Like, make up a name, right? So, so you're on there and you want to trade something. How? So walk me through that again, because it sounds kind of cumbersome.
1: Coinbase, I'll say, I will say Coinbase to their credit, they have made the interfaces much more simpler than a lot of other exchanges. But most other exchanges have a very complex interface, like I said, where you see these, these candlesticks and these charts. And to do these trades, mainstream people don't want to think like that. It's like, think of this. When you go to a, a new country, right, maybe you land in the airport and you're like, you know what, I need to get this country's currency. I, let, mm-hmm. Let's say you're going, to, you're going to Cancun, okay, and, and you're, you land in can- the Cancun airport and you're like, okay, you know, I've got a, a $100. I know I'm going to need some pesos. And so you can, you can go up to the currency exchange and you can say, hey, I have this $100. I need, I need some pesos, right? And then they're going to say, okay, cool. for how many pesos, and they give you the the pesos. It's very simple, right? You don't have to think about doing weird limit orders and looking at these charts or anything like that. You just do the swap, right? The the one currency for the other currency. And and that's how the mainstream thinks. And and I said most exchanges do not have this sort of functionality interface in place.
0: So what do you think, in your own opinion... For, for digital assets, and I guess you could use that interchangeably, right? Digital assets, tokens, cryptocurrencies, or, or each one. I don't want to go too deep in the weeds, but for the sake of conversation, I guess you could use those different terms. Um, do you feel there, there are vehicles to trade or you think they're vehicles to say, hey, I believe in this technology and this platform. I'm going to buy it, just hold it for the long term because I think you know it gives me a hedge against the dollar, especially with inflation and the dollar being debased, hey, I might be better off and I'm just going to hold it. And that's it. What's your take on that?
1: I think we see people from all sorts of of ideas and backgrounds that want to do separate things. So there is a a big, big macro uh, in headwinds here in in regards to what you just pointed out, inflation, right? And, And I don't, inflation is not going to get any better anytime soon. It's going to continue to get worse. And so, what happens then is people start thinking about like, huh, okay, I'm holding these dollars. These dollars in my bank account are not, they're actually losing value. And so I have to figure out what to do with these dollars. And I have to figure out how to protect my wealth long term. So there's a lot of people that are interested in cryptocurrency for that reason. In other words, I'm going to buy this Bitcoin because I'll, I'll, you know, the, a lot of people in the world are saying, that Bitcoin may be the world's reserve currency at some point in time. And, and I believe that. I think that's, that's true. That is what's happening. But what we're also seeing is if we just stick in the world of Bitcoin for just a minute, we're seeing in areas like El Salvador, where El Salvador decides we're going to make Bitcoin legal tender. And then the Central, uh, I think, Central African Republic.
0: Yeah, just read about yeah, that, right? They're going just to-
1: on Wednesday, they announced that they're going to make Bitcoin legal tender. And so what we're going to see here is we're going to see a shift, a very important shift, where people would think of cryptocurrency as being solely about speculation, right? I'm going to buy this Bitcoin, and it's going to have more value in the future. I think that's going to remain for a while. But there's going to be a shift in the world where it's going to be like, I'm going to acquire this Bitcoin. Maybe I'm going to earn it because I work at, at Exus. I'm going to you know, get A salary in Bitcoin or whatever. And then I'm going to uh, go use this Bitcoin to pay my utility bill or or buy food at a restaurant or whatever. And that's happening in El Salvador. And I think we're going to see that trend
0: continue. Well, it's interesting. So there are two, two things to go where you just passed it off like casual. But what's really important for everyone to know that with Exodus, and tell me if I'm right about this, that you pay people in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Right. That's now I can't remember. Is it all in Bitcoin or just the part, whatever portion they want in Bitcoin?
1: It is 100% 100. Bitcoin. So to, in other words, to work at Exodus, you have to receive your salary in Bitcoin. And, and this has a, a number of nice benefits in the sense of we can, we can quickly hire people, you know, anywhere in the world. And, um, that uh, we also can hire those that, are, that are, want to be a part of this movement. And, and what I'm really surprised about is that a lot, of, a lot of companies in this space, especially some of the diehard Bitcoin companies, don't do this. It, it, it surprises me because you want people that, are, that are, are going to be building the future of this movement, you want them to be invested in this movement. And that's why this is so important to us. And that's why we've done this since day one.
0: It's kind of like you want true believers, but in, in, in exactly. a positive way, you know, where yes. they feel, hey, I'm I'm all bored, I'm into it, I wanna get paid in it, I believe. And that's what the interesting thing is, what I notice about a lot of these tokens where people feel this community around it and they really feel part of something bigger.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think we see that with like the, the <laughs> rise of, of, of DAOs, right? Um, these decentralized autonomous uh, organizations. These these people are coming together, and they have a shared shared belief, shared purpose, and they're creating these projects, and and they're they're trying to create and, and solve these problems. And these people that participate in these DAOs are all getting paid in the currency of the DAO. And so I think that's just a really exciting. Uh, movement that's happening all over this ecosystem that we're going to continue to see.
0: when With Bitcoin, when you mentioned about payments in in El Salvador or whatever country might, what other countries might take it up, what's the, I understand, I spoke to this, uh, to Jim and Nugoyen, I think that's how it's pronounced. I hope I don't massacre his name as well. So I hope (laughs) I'll be two for two. So from what I understand, he's, he's, all in with Bitcoin SV, right? Are you familiar with that? Yes. So, and that, from what I understand, and I have a very limited understanding of it, is that um, you could actually use that more as uh, their blockchain to buy, sell stuff. Not, You know what I mean? So if you want to pay for, I don't know, your mortgage or your groceries, what have you. But where it seems like the Bitcoin most people talk about they seem to hold it think it's just going to go up so you may i don't know if people will sell it because you're not going to sell if you think it's going to go up so is that is that kind of a weird challenge that it's 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 kind of has a different message message now
1: you you're saying uh, bitcoin the 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 different message is that before early on early days uh yeah you know, i think that, i think that here's the criticism
0: yeah
1: early I mean, it's not days, a criticism
0: i'm just trying to understand no no no, 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 no i
1: know i'm saying but yeah. the criticism yeah. from uh uh this because this turn inside yeah. the the ecosystem there was yeah. a tribal war that took place <laughs> um back in 2017 and and just to kind of set the context as a yeah. high level for people um what happened was is that bitcoin is very limited in terms of storage space of transactions on the, what's called a, the, the low level base layer one of Bitcoin. But there was another uh, faction of people that believed if we made a couple changes to the core code base of Bitcoin, um, then we can, we can open it up and we can add more, more bandwidth and more transactions can come through and, and, and we're going to make Bitcoin even better. And this is going to fulfill Satoshi's vision right and so a couple of different factions emerged from this and this is where bitcoin sv came from bitcoin satoshi's vision and the criticism is from from this group is that satoshi in the white paper said that bitcoin he his vision is for bitcoin to be a peer to peer electronic cash payment system and and so given that bitcoin as a store of value you know the how that's kind of the narrative that's taken place um, in mainstream kind of Bitcoin is that yes it can be a treasury asset yes people can hold it and it can be a store of value but you don't want to use it as a um, as an actual payment mechanism as a medium of exchange that is the criticism from the Bitcoin SV community community now where that criticism I think is is misplaced is that what's happening in El Salvador and in other places like that is that Bitcoin is being used as a medium of exchange. And the way that it's being used as a medium of exchange is through what's called the Lightning Network. And the Lightning Network is is built on top of, of Bitcoin. And you can kind of think of it, in a way like the internet, right? The internet is made up of a number of different technical protocols. And I won't get into details Mm -hmm. of these technical protocols, but you as a consumer, you may just use Gmail. Under the surface, you don't know that you're using HTTP and SMTP and all these different protocols, but you as a consumer feel like, oh, I'm gonna log into Gmail and I'm gonna send a friend an email, no problem. And so that's what the Lightning Network starts to enable. It starts to enable this more consumer-friendly payment cash-like system. And there are a lot of great companies. I'll give a shout out to a uh, company, uh, Strike. There's a lot of great companies that are working on, on this technology um, to make Bitcoin more of a medium of exchange for people all over the world.
0: It, it, and just to take a sidestep, how did you get started with all this in Nebraska? Because, you know... I've heard from other people, w- w- in the tech world, you know, they're they're in that ecosystem. As I understand it, Nebraska is not, you know, a big tech, yeah, you, know, you know, entity, right? So you, how you, like where, yeah, like,
1: there's there's not there's not a lot of tech companies here, but there are there are some that are, are doing some really really cool work, but n- nobody uh, there's very few that are here that are actually doing. Uh, Cryptocurrency work. Um, there's an, another company called uh, Crescent. They're, they're right uh, here in Nebraska as well. They're doing some some cool work. But um, so the way that I got started was back in 2011, and what I wanted to do is I wanted to build a a site for e-commerce and to sell certain data and, and things like that. And um, what I, what I noticed is that to do this and to make this this easy. Um, I had to go and I had to sign up with merchant accounts on um, on, on, Stripe and, and, and PayPal and all these platforms. And it was really complicated. Uh, it was not easy on the merchant accounts, all these things. You had to wait a long time. I'm like, there's got to be an easier way. There's got to be some other service. And I went, I discovered, I'm like, oh, wait a second. There's this thing called Bitcoin. And, and it allows me to put an address on, a Bitcoin address on my website. And and I could take payment from anyone in the world, that's incredible. And then I realized that there was a little bit more um, behind Bitcoin. There was a little bit more of a political undertone with it. And and when I saw kind of some of Satoshi's early writings, um, especially one of them specifically in the very first uh, what's called the the genesis block, he he wrote about how. Um, the UK chancellor on the second brink of bailouts. And I started paying attention. I'm like, wait a second. And I was thinking about how I felt about the 2008 financial crisis and how I felt that overwhelmingly majority of American population was against these bailouts of the banks. But the politicians didn't listen to what the American citizens wanted. They just went ahead. Both sides, both sides Mm -hmm. did these bailouts. And so the, the, all of these things, this new technology, my own engineering background in my ability to understand technology and this kind of political undertone all came together in this perfect storm like I have got to dedicate my life's work to making this easy for consumers.
0: It's kind of very libertarian mindset right to a certain degree. I would say that
1: it started that way. Yeah, it definitely started that way. But when you think about it and you think about it, wait a second, there is this currency out there that doesn't care what nationality you're from or, or what your gender is or what your color of skin is. and it it embraces everybody, humanity, all the same. That's fundamentally, profound that can change the world in the most positive way and it doesn't matter if you're on the left or you're on the right or you're libertarian but it can change the world for everybody and that's what excites me so much about
0: so let's say for people who are watching this want to dip their toes in the water and i know i don't want to say because you, you don't want to give investment advice and all that but what can they do to just start doing their own homework to say hey where, you know, where do I start? Where do I go? What should I watch? What should I read? And how would I know whether, you know, as you mentioned, it's like 150 coins plus out there. Like, how do I know which one to look at, which one is good? Particularly when on Twitter or other social media, you hear you mentioned before about, you know, hey, Musk, you know, pumping up. So you see so much of that. Like you're like, what's real? What are they just kind of hyping and pumping? What can people do just to get started?
1: I I think the easiest thing to do is just go to YouTube and just type in, you know, Bitcoin for beginners or cryptocurrency for beginners and just start watching videos. Don't buy anything. Just start watching videos. And then I think it's important to to download the the Bitcoin white paper. You can go to Google and type in Bitcoin white paper. It's not complicated. It's I think it's eight pages. It can be somebody can read it in less than a half an hour without even having a technical mind, Just so you can kind of understand some of the background. Um And then from that, from that kind of understanding of this knowledge, uh, I, I would if if a person decides I'm interested in this ecosystem, I'm interested in getting started in this space, I would avoid every other cryptocurrency other than Bitcoin and just get comfortable with Bitcoin. because Bitcoin, Now that two countries have it as legal tender, many companies hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And in Bitcoin, the the network that powers Bitcoin is the world's biggest supercomputer if you were to take all of them together by by a long shot. Bitcoin um, as, as, as the number one currency is the future of cryptocurrency. Now, these other cryptos, are going to be important, but Bitcoin is still the, the number one, and I think will always remain the number one. And, and you want to avoid all some, there's, so there's some, they're called like kind of scam coins. Some of those are out there. You got to be careful about those. Um, but but Bitcoin is the where you really want to start and really get familiar with. And once you hold Bitcoin and you get comfortable with Bitcoin... Then you can start to branch out and look at some of the other ones and, and start to familiarize with some of the other ones. And I think that that it's important to look at some of the other ones because some of the other ones they unlock some utility that Bitcoin does not have on its own. And I think you know it may be worth talking about that. But Bitcoin is definitely a great place to start. And 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 one more final thing related to Bitcoin in this whole ecosystem is that a person should never invest more than what they're willing to lose because, of course, this is new technology and there is a possibility that, you know, there's flaws or whatever and it it could have some issues. Um, But never invest more than what you're willing to lose. And by owning Bitcoin, you're going to get real comfortable with the volatility of Bitcoin. You know, you buy it at whatever, you know, 40,000 or so, And if it goes to 37, 36, it's going to test you whether you're going to hold, uh, which is called diamond hands, or if you're going to sell, which is often called like like lettuce hands or paper hands. (laughs) Um, And so that's that's really good for people to go through that psychological experiment because Bitcoin is not as volatile as some of the other ones where you might buy and you might lose 90% of what you invested with some of the other ones.
0: So it sounds like Bitcoin, and this happens in almost every industry. You start with a, a large number of competitors and then it winnows down, and then you end up with like one Google, you know, one Facebook now meta, you know, one Apple. And it does seem to be, that's how a lot of capitalism works out, whether it's designed to be that way or not. And it does seem Bitcoin is like that standard you know, there are obviously there are a lot of other digital assets, but that one does seem to be okay. That's the Amazon. That's the Apple. That's the Google. That's, you know, that's where it stands. But at the same time, there's other interesting projects that you could take a look at as well. But how do you know, how does somebody know that? And I know you said, do your research and all that, that, that this coin is kind of, as you said, scammy or just questionable. Like what, are there some signs to watch out for where it sounds too good to be true?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, if, if you if you in, invest into a coin and somebody says you're going to just get like a crazy return from that coin by investing in it, then you know if it sounds or feels too good to be true, you should really dig in and do research and understand what, what's happening here. If somebody is trying to put kind of, you know, the FOMO out to you, the fear of missing out, like if you don't get into this right now, you're going to miss out. Yeah. Well, that means they're, they may be trying to get at an emotional core of, of what, you, what you're thinking and what you're feeling so that you invest without that critical thinking. Um, and so I think that's really, really important to consider. Um, if you go and you look at the project page and there are not reputable real people associated with the project, people really putting their reputation out in the line, Um, then you know it and it's all anonymous people um, that may be a scam and that's that's something you got to pay attention to because like with Bitcoin there are people out there like you know countries are embracing it right Elon Musk has embraced it Michael Saylor has built his whole company around now buying and holding Bitcoin so there are real people putting their reputations on the line with the success of Bitcoin but like i said there are other projects you go you go on to it and you know you might see a a, literally it's you click the about me and you see the team page and Mm -hmm. you see literally just frog jpegs you know bob the frog (laughs) steve the frog and you're like oh um i don't know and look i will say i have invested in some of those projects but it is very risky to do because i know and understand the risk but you have to as, as a consumer that may be new to this space you got to look at these signs and say, huh, this may not be a project that I want to invest in. There, there may be something more that I need to look into here.
0: So where, where does Exos go next? Do you, do you have some, uh, you know, are you going to kind of just keep growing? Are you going to kind of take on other business lines? What, what's, uh, what's the game plan?
1: Yeah, so the, the biggest thing for us is that as I mentioned early on, we started Exodus for people to manage a portfolio of cryptocurrency, and, and, and that's been great for us and great for our customers. They love the product. However, this this movement of, of decentralized applications, this movement of NFTs. Like so, for example, uh, now that we have celebrities all over, right? They're built, they're buying NFTs, they're buying these what many people would call these silly uh, monkey JPEGs, right? And they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on the, what people would call these monkey JPEGs. Um, but what's happening, what's really, what's really cool about this is that it's, it's, these NFTs are built on cryptocurrency. And so what it shows is that the mainstream may come into cryptocurrency through pop culture, through NFTs. And so NFTs are part of this movement of what's known as Web3. Decentralized applications are known as part of this movement of what's as Web3. Um, and DeFi, decentralized finance, right, is known in this movement as Web3. So there's this whole movement of Web3 that's happening. And as I mentioned earlier, I said B- Bitcoin's great for store value, and eventually I think it'll be great for medium of exchange. However, Web3... After, you, after everybody does the research, you're going to notice that Web3 is not really happening with Bitcoin. It's happening with some of these other blockchains, these other cryptocurrencies. And so for us, what's exciting about Web3 is that it, it also marks a potential move from, from cryptocurrency being just about speculation and more about utility. And unlocking utility with cryptocurrency and Web three. So what Exodus is doing is we are building access to this world of Web three. And the way that we're doing this is that we are building a uh, a browser extension in a in a DApp browser inside of Exodus. And and we had, we had announced this on our earnings call. And um, what what's going to really separate this apart from from other browser extensions is that Exodus is a multi-asset multi-chain wallet and uh, we understand multi-asset multi-chain is in our dna right we support multiple cryptocurrencies it's in our dna today if you want to access the world of web3 you have to use multiple browser extensions i personally have at least i think count right up four four browser extensions to use the world of web3 with these different chains And so we have an opportunity here to go in and make a seamless user experience and make the browser extension uh, multi-chain, multi-asset. And so our first release will be on on May 17th. So it's going to be pretty exciting.
0: So it does feel it's like this nexus between gaming, NFTs, cryptos, where you could kind of see that adoption where people just kind of fall into it. Okay, I want to buy an NFT but I'm going to need a crypto to do it. So, okay. Oh, this is kind of easy and interesting. All right. Or you're playing a game and you want to buy some add-ons. So you have to, you know, use the crypto and like, oh, okay, cool. So it does feel like, especially for younger people, that's going to be so commonplace because they're so used to it. And so in the future, do you think you would like have, you know, Uh, a place for nft galleries and other things as time goes on to uh, today actually
1: exodus supports exodus uh, (laughs) on on desktop and android apple had us remove it but exodus on apple and android supports both nfts uh, on solana and it has a marketplace powered by magic eden in in um in exodus desktop and exodus android but but yes, what, what you what you hit on is really important. Is that the mainstream uh, looks like the main a lot of mainstream interest in cryptocurrency is coming through NFTs. But nobody yet has made it easy to buy a NFT very simply with just a credit card, right? And I know there's there's a, a Moon, MoonPay is a firm that's working on solving some of these problems, and, and, and it's it's been great. And, and there's a chance for all of this stuff to come together. Um, but we need to make it so easy that a cryptocurrency, is that, that person that wants to come along and they want to buy that that silly turtle with a mohawk yeah. or that dolphin with a sombrero, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, and they decide that that's really worth, that dolphin with sombrero is really worth, you know, $5,000 or whatever, um, or, you know, the, the, the cryptocurrencies, that they can just use their credit card and just buy that dolphin with a sombrero, and uh, then they can get into this world without even thinking about the cryptocurrency aspect of it. all.
0: So so do you think with the, this is just gonna keep going, right? I mean, it just seems that the momentum is there.
1: It's, yes, it's going to keep going because if if you survey any Gen Z person or even a millennial and you ask them, would you rather own gold or Bitcoin? Most will answer Bitcoin. And now, when it comes to stocks, I mean, the stock market closes every single day at at uh, what, what four four thirty p m Eastern, right? And it's like that's crazy for for my, you know my generation and the the Gen Z generation, like think if the internet shut down <laughs> at five o'clock every single day and it, and you couldn't access it on the weekends. like you would think that was insane, right? And so, Cryptocurrency is this whole nother alternative universe where it's now grown to almost a $2 trillion industry. It's not stopping. It's not going away. It's going to continue to grow. And those, that's why I think it's so important that for those nations that want to embrace this technology are going to be the ones that thrive and flourish in the future.
0: That's great. And if people want to find you, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you and your company.
1: Yep. So our, our website, exodus.com, very easy. And then, um, if you want to find me personally, you can find me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash JP Richardson, and you can find me there. Um, and then our, our Twitter our Exodus Twitter handle is exodus underscore IO. So that's, that's how you can find us and stay up to date with what we're doing.
0: And if you go there, too, do you have any you know I know you said for people who are kind of crypto curious to start looking around, do you have any videos on your site or white papers or anything that someone could just just kind of do some homework? And yes, learn absolutely.
1: More? if If you go to exus and at uh, the top menu, you can go and you can click on Help and Knowledge Base, And the team has put together an amazing knowledge base. Not only that, um there will be a link to YouTube. And, and you can click on the YouTube and, and the team has put together. We have a nice new section on YouTube and we have a lot of educational videos on certain assets and, and how to use our product and, and other products. That's great. Um, and now our, our YouTube has 120,000 subscribers. And so a lot of wow. people really, really like that content. So our YouTube is a, is a great place to, to check out as well.
0: And you could also check out different you know digital assets, different cryptocurrencies just to kind of familiarize yourself. I know you're kind yeah. of prone for Bitcoin, so but then once you get comfortable, you might want to check other things out so this way they can kind of do some homework on that too, right?
1: Absolutely. absolutely.
0: This is great. dude, I yeah. really appreciate it. This was fantastic because uh, you're you're so steeped in it, but I think for most people, they're you know they you're curious. I, I i am the kind of guy, I don't mind asking questions and showing that, like, I don't know, and I want to learn. So I figure I'll be the fall guy by asking all these, you know, dumb kind of sounding questions at the time. But this way, then people who are watching it now and watching it when we upload it again, be like, oh, okay, I get it. That makes sense. Okay. Because I think, and this is my, one of my, just one of my only criticisms about the whole, the whole sector is it's, it, it's like all sorts of quirky words they use instead of it's like when you go to the doctor, instead of just saying something very simply, it has to be so complex or a lawyer, it drives me nuts. So it, like some of the terminology, you have to start like peeling it back. Like, wait, what does that mean? What, it's confusing, yeah. but you just walked it through. And this is why it was so great. Cause I think for a lot of people, in my opinion, I think for a lot of people, you get intimidated cause you hear all that language, all those buzzwords, all that jargon and your head explodes. But then when you just walk it through clearly and concisely, and here's what it is, and here's how it works, and it's like maybe a big vault, and you could picture that big vault from a bank, you know, with the big spinning wheel thing that you have to open it up like you see in the movies. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I'm in, I get it. So this is is great, man. I think think so many people want to know, want to learn, are curious, they didn't know what to do. So this is why I was really excited to have you on. And I'm glad you're able to just walk it through plain English, explain how it works. So this is fantastic. So I I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much, man. You bet. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Thanks. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye.